Yes, Father, we lift up our voices tonight. God, we just say we love you, God. God, we thank you, God, for everything you've done. You are mighty king. God, you are mighty. God, in every situation, God, you are mighty. You rise above it all. God, you are so worthy of our praise. You are so worthy. Praise you, God. God, we lay down everything just to praise you. God, nothing's more important than you. I feel like we shouldn't stop worshiping, guys. Just if you want to keep your eyes closed, Lord, we just, we love your presence, Lord. We love your presence, Lord. I thank you so much for the tangible presence of the Holy Spirit in this room. And we just ask you tonight, Lord, increase it. Increase it, Lord. We worship you. We surrender to you. We yield our hearts to you. We declare the blood of Jesus over every part of who we are individually. And as a church, the blood of Jesus, we, we just declare the power and protection and the sanctifying work of the blood of Jesus and the Holy Spirit in this place, over this church, and in our individual lives. We set ourselves apart unto you tonight, Lord. Come and take over more, more of me, Lord, more of us. Come and rule and reign. Let your kingdom come and your will be done in these bodies, in this earth, these earthen vessels. We worship you. We give ourselves to you, Lord. I just lay it all down tonight, Lord. I lay my life down completely again and again and again. Tonight is a new night. This is a new day. Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow is ahead of us, Lord. So we yield ourselves. We, we consecrate ourselves unto you, Jesus, King Jesus. Let the mark of your spirit be on every one of us, every part of us. Let the, let the glory of your majesty mark every part of our bodies, that we would be set apart as instruments of righteousness, instruments of nobility, that we would be used by you to extend your kingdom, to extend the rule and reign of King Jesus. Jesus Christ, King of kings, Lord of lords, we love you, Lord. We worship you. I love you, my King. I give everything for you, Lord, just to have more of you, more of you. We want you to fill us, Lord. Let your spirit flood our bodies, flood our minds, flood every part of who we are tonight. This is what it's all about. It's not about a message. It's not about singing songs. It's about yielding our lives to you, Jesus. So this is what we do. This is what we do in this place right now. We surrender to you and we say, Jesus, come and take it all. You can have it all, Lord. Thank you, God, that you, you have inhabited our praises tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just declare over everybody in this room divine healing, divine health, 
where there's brokenness in bodies. I don't know if anyone in this room has come in with an issue, but we just declare right now, we don't even have to lay hands on you. I believe that the angels of God have been released to minister to every person in this room. So wherever there's sickness, wherever there's brokenness in your body, we just speak the power of the name of Jesus over you now. If it's, if it's something in your thinking, just put your fingers on your forehead or on the top of your head. Just lay your hand on top of your head or just touch, touch your noggin for a second and just declare life in the name of Jesus. Life in the name of Jesus over depression, over hopelessness, over disappointment, over delusion, over confusion. We declare the power of the name of Jesus released now, in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let the rule of heaven come into these, these, these neural pathways in our minds. Realign us tonight, Lord. Realign us with kingdom thinking. Your word tells us that we have, through the Spirit of God, we have been given the mind of Christ. So tonight, Lord, we say, let the mind of Christ, let the thoughts of God break in into our thinking. Align us tonight, Lord. Align us with your kingdom. Thank you for the power of your blood, Jesus. Thank you for the power of your blood. It doesn't just remove our sins. It doesn't just blot out our our unrighteousness. It credits pure, holy righteousness to each one of us. It brings and releases healing into every part of us. It, it delivers us from evil. It, it sets us free. Your blood has the power to set the captives free. So we just speak freedom in the name of Jesus. Let the chains inside of our hearts, Lord, if there's any room, any part of us that is still bound up, we just say let, let the Spirit of God come and break those chains. Just sever every binding, every, every tie, every soul tie, every hook from the enemy. We just say the fire of God release now and purge and burn off everything that has to go, everything that comes against the mind of God, the mind of Christ. Let it go now in Jesus' name. We take captive every thought. We take captive every thought. The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. They are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Tonight, we pull down the strongholds in our thinking. We pull down those strongholds and we command them to be obedient to Christ. Bow down, all of you unhealthy, unbiblical thoughts that God does not have. Bow down now in the name of Jesus. And Holy Spirit, come in and establish your kingdom. Establish your logos, your word. Let the word of God purify us. Let the washing of the water of the word come tonight and purify us. And cleanse our thinking. And renew our minds. Transform us through the renewing of our minds in Jesus' name. If God's touching you or if you're just doing business with him, don't, don't stop. We're just going to take a minute. 
Tammy and I will just kind of sit back here. We just welcome you, Lord. You're, you're welcome to come here anytime on each one of us, Lord. You are welcome to just rest upon us. Let your spirit rest on us, Lord. Holy dove of heaven, just come and rest. Just as you did on King Jesus when he came up out of the waters of baptism, your spirit came in the form of a dove and you rested on him and remained Dove of heaven, we say, come and rest upon us and remain. Help us to not offend you. Help us to not grieve you, Holy Spirit. Forgive us where we have grieved you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that every day is a new day, that your word tells us that your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We thank you, God, that we serve a God who is faithful and true, who never will leave us, will never forsake us, who loves the sacrifice of a broken and contrite heart, a broken and contrite heart you will not despise. Break our hearts, Lord, with the things that break yours. Move our hearts with the things that move your heart. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. All right, well, we're going to gracefully and gently move on, but just let's just kind of remain in this atmosphere of of submitted heart before the Lord. I think it's just the best thing. You know, I I was thinking tonight, today, and yesterday about continuing on in in what we started last week, and we'll probably just finish that off, but I I felt like, you know, God has something for us right now, like something that applies right now. And, you know, the kids probably don't feel it as much, or they might pick it up in the spirit, but they don't feel the weight necessarily of what's going on in in our nation. Thank God for Bremerton. This city is, I feel like, we feel like there's just a, a divine umbrella over our city. Like we have not experienced riots. We have not experienced a bunch of shootings and trauma, uh, upheaval in the community. We are just like so cocooned here in our Kitsap County. You know, if you look on your phones, sometimes you'll search for a restaurant and it'll say five minutes away or five miles away is a restaurant in Seattle. And you're like, well, that's more than five minutes, but it's only five, it's just a few miles across the water. So much has happened there. Think about it. The autonomous zone of Capitol Hill, a takeover of a, of a community in Seattle. The, the spirits of darkness, the forces of darkness are raging and at war in our country and in our cities. And I've, there's, we know there's demonic strongholds in our city, but thank him. Thank him for the fact that we are not experiencing that kind of stuff. We don't have our cities being burned down by mobs of people and people trashing stores and breaking windows. And, you know, we don't have that here, and we, we should be grateful. 
But the reality is most of us adults are carrying the weight of what's going on in our country. You know, there, there is a spiritual battle and there is a physical battle in a sense, a battle of ideologies. And this is not my message and I'm not gonna go down a, a trail or a rabbit hole of my own perspective on what's going on in our, our country or in our world for that matter. But one thing I know, one thing I know, the only way to make it through what we've experienced up to this point with the pandemic and with the government and all of the stuff that our country is going through and what may even increase in the, in the year ahead, we don't know. Things could get better or things could get more intense. We just don't know. But I know for me and for my house, one thing that we know will, will sustain us and carry us through it all, and that is each one of us individually holding tight to Jesus and pursuing an intimate relationship with him. Like, I can't have an intimate relationship for my kids. I can't have an intimate relationship with Jesus for Tammy. She can't have it for me. Yes, when one of us is weak, the other can be strong and we can lift each other up. But it's, it's dependent upon each one of us to to have Jesus come into the center of the storms in our heart, into the ship inside of your, spirit, or your soul, your spirit, that Jesus would be in the, in the boat and knowing that he is with you, the one who spoke peace to the storm and the wind and the waves calmed down. We can either go through hell and high water with the peace of God that goes beyond all of our understanding, all of our thinking, all of our imaginations. Like we could be a living, walking peace person carrying the Prince of Peace inside of us. Nothing will be able to declare with boldness, I will not be shaken. Like we could be in the middle of a battle right now with, with enemy forces against our country breaking in on our shores and you can still have the peace of God carrying you through it all. Think of the martyrs in the Bible, the first, the first Stephen who was stoned to death, the first disciple who was stoned to death. He didn't freak out. He didn't panic. He looked up to the sky because his relationship with Jesus was so deep and so intimate. He looked up to the sky when they were getting ready to throw stones at him and crush his skull with big rocks. He looked up and he said, look, I see the Son of God seated at the right hand of the Father. And they just, oh, they gritted their teeth and yelled and rushed him with the stones. And guess who was standing, watching over their clothing as they dropped their jackets down and they rushed to kill him? The guy named Saul who wrote half of the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, was standing there before he knew Jesus, giving approval to Stephen's death. You're shaking. Yeah, this actually just made me think of something I just recently heard. Um, when we start feeling overwhelmed, it's typically because we're falling into fear. And because of experiences we've had, um, things going on in our mind, what we think may happen, causes us to be overwhelmed. And we just need to step away, even if it's for just one minute. I've been finding myself more recently 
when I'm starting, I feel like this overwhelming sense is trying to come on me, and I'm like, okay, this is not, my, not me, and this is not God, and so I've been taking my phone, going to my room, I don't even close the door, I just go in there and put a worship song on, even if it's just for a minute, and just say, okay, Father, what are, what's, what are you saying about this, and how do I need to respond? We need to take that moment to respond how he wants us to, so we're not responding out of fear. And the other day, this happened, and I just took time. I did, went through one worship song. I just was like, okay, God, just show me how to respond and react to what I'm feeling. And it's okay to go through these processes where, you, yeah, you might be feeling fear or anger or whatever, but allow God to be there in the midst of your process and walk you through it. And we should always be like, what are you saying? What, how do I need to respond in this moment? And um, it's a privilege to be able to walk through those times with him. And I did what I did and went to the kitchen and did dishes. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, I feel really joyful and have peace. Like, just doing dishes. <laughs> Not my favorite thing. And um, I just was like, okay. This, and I just have been looking back on, my, on these last couple of weeks and being like, oh, I'm seeing this time where I'm feeling this, and oh, I went to my bedroom for like two seconds, and, and you know, just, okay, God. And sometimes I don't even put worship music. Sometimes I just step in my room, and I'm like, okay, this is not of you, and I need you just to take this, whatever I'm dealing, feeling like I'm dealing with, you know, my perception of it, and just like... I just need it to cease and just be done. And so it's been a really actually fun process for me. I hate process, and God's teaching me to like process. And um, so it's been actually really fun because I'm, instead of being like, no, I'll just, I'll deal with it. It's like, no, God's got to be able to deal with this. You know, the Bible says that the name of the Lord is like a strong tower. And the righteous, that's you and me, because you've been declared righteous by the blood of Jesus. You're not righteous on your own. You can't earn enough good works or do enough good works to earn righteousness. It's, you receive it by faith. So the name of the Lord is like a strong tower. And those of us who have been credited righteousness, that's us, we run unto it and are safe. Whenever you feel like you're not safe, whenever you feel like everything around you is just getting too crazy, take a time out. Doing life with interacting with the presence of God, it's not a chore. It's, it's a joy. It's a privilege. So, I, you know, right now, I just want to break off of any person in this room. I just want to break off seeing walking with God, seeing a relationship with God as a chore, where it's like a religious duty to get in your time in reading the Bible or praying a certain number of prayers. And I just want to release a fresh joy and a fresh newness and excitement over having a relationship with the one who loves you, loves you with an undying love. And he does not hold you off at a distance. He does not wait for you to get your, man, I almost dropped an S-bomb. He doesn't wait for you to get your stuff together for you to come to him. Yeah, I probably could say it, and he'd probably laugh, but you guys would all be offended, or at least one or two of you. I don't know. Maybe not. 
<clears throat> I would say it in front of him myself, but, you know, he hears me say all kinds of stuff. Anyway, sanctify this tongue, Holy Spirit. He doesn't hold you off at bay. He doesn't say, eh, you need to just stop doing that one sin for a full week, and then, then you can come into my presence. That is not how he is. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews to come boldly before the throne of grace. Boldly means boldly. Like, don't come to his throne of grace. It's called a throne of grace. <clears throat> don't come to the throne of grace with fear that you're going to be rejected or fear that you're going to be condemned. There is no condemnation. According to Romans 8, 1, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You are not condemned. Your condemnation was nailed to the cross. You have been set free. And he who the Son sets free is free indeed. And I don't think that's just indeed, like exclamation mark. I think it's indeed, like in a written agreement. It is, it is in his blood. The contract has been written. You are set free indeed. And home title lock is not needed to protect it. <laughs> so... I just want to see you guys, I want to see all of us finding freedom to come running into the presence of God, running unto him, because there is no guarantee of what things we are, like I said, I feel like we as a city, as a county are cocooned. We are in an, under an umbrella of God's grace and protection, <clears throat> and we don't want to be caught off guard by what, what, might, what might happen in the days ahead. But one thing we know, we can stand firm on his goodness, firm on his faithfulness, and the closer you can draw near to him, the better. Because if you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. That's what the Bible tells us. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you. So today I was just trying to have a little quiet time before church <laughs> and um I was having a really hard time like just digging in and like reading and so I went to Psalms and so I just want to encourage you guys like go to the Psalms where it's talking about praising him and and worshiping him and dancing before him because sometimes I think it we can feel like this thing back here like oh I gotta read the Bible and I mean, not that we shouldn't, um, don't hear what I'm not saying. Um, but sometimes I think, like, we, Sundays go by really fast for us. And I, we spend time in the Word during the week, but sometimes Sundays, you're, for us, we have pressure on us to be able to bring something. And, yeah, and so, like, today I just got in the Psalms, and I just felt like my attitude shifting a little bit, like, oh, okay, yeah. Like, this is good, you know, not that it's not good. And, um, but I just could feel my, like, the atmosphere around me shifting and even just my own attitude shifting and just feeling excited and, you know, yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. That was the next thing. So. But I didn't want to, like, rush past the moment. You guys doing okay? Everybody feeling? You can, but you have to do it in the microphone because otherwise I'll have to go over the file and cut out and edit or, because it doesn't pick it up that far away. So I record everything. That way no one could ever say, well, you, that person said a, 
Yeah, no one can, in this room can say she spoke a heresy, and I'd be like, let's listen to what she said. I just wanted to say um, what you were talking about is going through some of these hard times and getting our focus kind of off and it just seems to just weigh you down sometimes with what's going on in the world and the idiots that you see uh, doing whatever. I don't think they even know. but. Um, one of the things I did that really helped me was to read books on heaven, people that have gone to heaven. I read like six books of going to heaven, and it really encouraged me, and it really brought me closer to the Lord because I saw his love in those places. I mean, I, I saw what we're here for and uh, what we have waiting. And it was just a real encouragement. So if you get too down, pick up some books on heaven. Awesome. Yes, and if you need some books to read, we have a handful of really good books on the bookshelf back there by the, by the window. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I, what, what I typically do for my mornings, I... I put worship on because that helps rain in my ears, which rains in my brain. You know, whatever goes through your ear gates and your eye gates, you know, affects your thinking. So I, I uh, lasso in my, my thoughts, just like that scripture I was uh, praying. You know, I want to take captive my thoughts. I want to take, take my imagination, my whatever's going on in the, in the daydreaming place of my brain, and I want to just... Uh, settle it down before God. So I'll put worship on. I'll be in my car and I will open up the Bible on my phone. I have a book, maybe, well, not maybe, I have a book or two. Actually, there's a few floating around in the van, the minivan that I get to drive. So (laughs) that's a side joke. Anyway, I'll move on. We don't want to get postal germs all over Tammy's Honda. So I drive the old crusty van. But, so I have a few books, but there's a book sitting on the passenger seat right now. I've got uh, Jamie Galloway's book, Secrets of the Seer. And I'll just pull the book and read a chapter as I'm in that, not right away, I'll, I'll read some scriptures first. But I don't just read. You can read two lines of something and then just stop and just just turn your heart towards his presence, even though you can't see him. You might feel him or you may not, but if you recognize and, and acknowledge, I think there's something about acknowledging him. You, all you need to do if you don't feel anything, just say, Holy Spirit, I know you're here. Good morning. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Daddy God. Good morning, Jesus. Come and just have my day. Just meet with me here. He is with you. The Bible says that there is no place on earth that you can escape his presence. You cannot go anywhere to get away from the presence of God. So you might as well imagine him with you right here. Your imagination is a powerful tool. It is a powerful place in your mind that God has given you, in your spirit. As Tammy was saying, you know, when you're fearful and overwhelmed, you know, something is going on in your imagination. You're imagining the future where God is not in control or something. There's some kind of 
in interference, uh, interference coming into your imagination, trying to pull you into fear or pull you into discouragement. But you can take your imagination and set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. I love that passage. If you don't know it well, Colossians 3, the first paragraph, I think it's the first three verses. Set your hearts on things above, which is your spirit man, and your mind. So it's your spirit and your mind. Set those things above where Christ is seated. So I know I just went in a spiral of different thoughts there, but just want to encourage you guys. Yeah, get, get that time. Don't make your quiet time with God be a chore. He is really good, and he is really understanding that you're just a human, frail. Yeah, you carry the Spirit of God, and you are being transformed into the likeness of Jesus, but he still knows you're made of dirt. You're just dirt. But his breath is in you, and his grace is on you, and he wants to have fellowship with you and me. It's all about having a relational fellowship with him. And it doesn't have to be rigid and restrictive with rules. Just welcome him. Open up the Bible, read a paragraph. Now, you start to read a little bit, I promise you, your, your appetite will increase for more and more. Like, I can't get enough in in the one hour now. I got to set my, my alarm clock another 15 minutes and start a new habit because one hour is just not enough. By the time I get really into soaking up some, some teaching and some scriptures and just enjoying his presence, it's time to go into the post office. But the good thing is when I walk into that place, I know who is resting on me. And I intentionally just release his presence into the room. Speaking of releasing his presence, carrying his presence, uh, being filled with his presence... We have the curriculum that arrived Friday for Bill Johnson's Hosting the Presence. It's an eight-week course. If you're not on our Facebook Messenger Church group, then you wouldn't have seen the post that we put out there. Um, but our intention is to begin this eight-week, and it's just one day a week, so it's eight sessions, but it's over an eight-week period of time. Um, we feel that Wednesday nights is probably going to work best because... Friday nights, a lot of people just want to go enjoy, begin their weekend. So give us feedback on Facebook or, or after the meeting about that. But it seems like Wednesday, a lot of churches have Wednesday night services. So why not have a Wednesday night class? We'll probably go from, I think we said 6.30 to 8.30. But this is the class. So I turned the volume down just so we don't blast ourselves. This is kind of a weird short video, but just kind of soak in the good stuff that God has on it. So starting the second Wednesday of June, we will meet from 6.30 to 8.30. Um, you can, we're going to set something up online for you to register. Um, you will need to purchase your workbook and the book um, because there's like a page or two of reading each week. Um, there will be a time of, uh, each day of the week, sorry, um, there will be a time of worship um, and fellowship afterwards. We want to, the reason that we have a two-hour time slot is we want to allow for um, ministry time before or after um, and to what you're learning put into practice. So, um, yeah, it'll be a fun time. So hopefully you guys can all make it. 
Yeah, yeah, we will do that here at the building. Um, and that's why we're so excited that we have this space because we can start doing <clears throat> classes like this. Um, we felt like this would be a really good place to start as a church just to really establish this this would be considered a training and equipping time for those who want to be a part of it just so that we can grow deeper into our understanding of who lives inside of us and how he wants to interact with us and move in and through us and it's not just for you guys if you know of anyone who wants to register and and come they're very welcome to we're going to put it out there to the public and see who shows up it will be on the website, so we'll get all of that going. And, and if you aren't really into the Internet a whole lot, then you just talk to us personally. It doesn't, you don't have to go online to do any registering. But we will have that all available, and we'll make sure everyone knows about it uh, in the, by next week. So we will, we will need everyone to purchase your book. If you don't know how to work the internet, the interwebs, if you don't know how to get on Amazon and find a used copy, um, we can kind of help you figure that out. Or if, if you're financially uh, struggling with being able to do it, I don't think the books are that much. I think you can get hosting the... If you guys prefer to do it, but we need, we'll need to get a head count first and see how long it takes to order the books. Some people would rather not buy it fresh from Bethel's bookstore. They would rather shop if you're really thrifty. You, wanna, you don't want a used workbook? Oh, because it has writing in it. Well, you would, you would look for one that says there's no writing, pages slightly bent or something. It's, it's up to you guys, but we can, we'll find out how many are interested in coming. And yes, again, invite your friends to it or anyone you know who, they, we, they don't have to be a part of our church. We just want this to be a time where people really grow and, and grab hold of some powerful teaching. It's going to be good stuff. I mean, if you've been looking at the things that you will learn, I do not know what the answer to ancient cries really is. Sounds kind of interesting. I'll have to look into that. Um, we have not gone through the curriculum, but we know Bill Johnson's teaching. We have been under his teaching for probably seven, eight years now, and we know that he's not a heretic and all the stuff that you watch on YouTube about him, it's a bunch of garbage. And we probably, after this, the, maybe the following quarter, we will do a, a basic training in the prophetic so we can get everyone in our church and anyone who wants to join in on that as well. We'll do a basic training in the prophetic through Chris Vallotton. We know that curriculum. We know it's really good. We've done it before. And then from there, we'll, we have some other things that we're thinking about. But that's, that's why we're here. We want to be a house where there's training and equipping happening. And, you know, last week, I'm just going to dive right in to a little bit of notes. Um, last week, we, we looked at this scripture. It says, where there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. And when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. So we know, Tammy and I know, and most of us in this room already know, that we, it's important to have prophetic vision, not just vision for what is available now, but prophetic vision of what God has for us in the future. God wants to give you and me eyes to see, like not eyes to just see what sin is in someone's life. They don't need you to look for their sin. They know it's there. But not everyone can see God's vision into the future over their own life. They, they may be so trapped in 
lies and doubt and self-hatred and just everything. You know, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And when he gets influence into the thinking of people, they don't realize just how much good stuff God has for them. But God wants to take us on a journey from, of transformation from glory to glory more and more into the likeness of Jesus. And as we become more like Jesus in the earth, we will learn about the authority that we carry, the presence of God who lives in us, that who we carry to be learning to release the supernatural power of God, which that curriculum will go into. We want to see people get into freedom and see Jesus get the full reward of what he paid for on the cross. I want it for me. I want it for you guys. I want it for our church, the future church that this will be. Again, you know, I, I want to see prophetically, not just us in the room, but those who God will bring into the days ahead. We, we want to create a foundation in this place of these values, these, this vision, the vision and values that he's birthed inside of our hearts. So it's important for us to, to have prophetic vision. As a church, I just kind of try to fine-tune some of this. A couple things to think about. It's what we're building and why we're building it. Most of the time, people get going on the what, and then they forget about why they're doing it. So we're going to just take a quick look at what we're building. We tapped into it last week. I'm going to ram through it a little faster, and then why we're building it. And it's important to know that our what that we're building has to serve our why, or we're going to fall into a maintenance mode. We could just get a meeting going here and then just try to maintain it. If we forget about why we're even doing this, why are we meeting here? Why are we gathering people? Why did God call us to be this legacy city church? And what's the purpose of it all? We need to, we, but as a church, we want to keep that vision in front of us so that we will, we will draw from the vision. Like that scripture said, you know, we don't want to cast off restraint. We want to be, I want to be restrained by the promises of God. I want the, the vision and the, the promises of God to restrain and, and direct my steps so that I don't just go off in my own direction. So what we're building, kind of talked about this last week. I'd try to clean it up a little bit. Our what that we're building or establishing is a local church, duh. Okay, you guys know that. God told us a, in a, through a prophetic word a number of years ago to go plant that church. Here we are, Legacy City Church rebirthed after COVID tried to kill it. God had a plan, though. He made it possible for us to have a building and a new, a new space and a fresh season, fresh faces. Thank you, Jesus. We are a church. We know that our what that we're building is a church that has a DNA in it. It has a certain, certain qualities, certain facets, focuses that not every church has. Some may have similar. Some may have way different. But our DNA in part is that we would be a center of transformation, we would be a church where, where, where men and women, where couples, where uh, divorcees, where widows, it doesn't matter what, what place you've been in life, where you're a teenager or a college-age student, that you would be able to find in this house healing in your spirit, healing in your heart. We all carry wounds. We all have father wounds. We have mother wounds. We have sibling wounds. We have wounds and lies that we get inside of us that are like hooks and they keep us from our full uh, freedom of running into the stuff that God has for us. So a transformation center for inner healing. We want to see people, Christians, healed, walking in wholeness, healthy. 
we, we see ourselves, we see prophetically our church as an apostolic prophetic resource center. We'll go a little bit into that maybe. We want this church to be a well of revival and renewal. In other words, when people come into this, this room and we worship together and we pray together, they feel the presence of God. They sense the well of the Spirit of God welling up. And we, we want to see it increase, quadruple. Uh, I don't even know how to say it, you know, 12 times. But we just want to 70 times 7 more of what we just taste even on a Sunday now. You guys good so far? Okay. This is kind of a little bit of a rehearsal for some of us. But bear with us. So the why. So why are we doing this? Why kids, Alcorn children, why the heck does your mom and dad, I know I'm not going to name names but because you guys don't like it when I do that, why the heck would your mom and dad drag you through another season into another building with this, with this idea of this church taking off at some point, growing a new life coming in? Why would we do that? Well, it's because we have a why. You know, we're, we're building a what, but there's a reason why. There's a few scriptures I have listed. I'm going to, uh, I got actual slides so we can just take a look at it. But our why we exist, why we even do church at all, is because Jesus, Jesus told us to go into all the earth, to make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything he commanded. So our job is to, to go to go wherever your sphere of influence is, whether it's a workplace or school or whatever, or I guess in your own house, online, there you go, you can do it online <clears throat> as you're cyber chatting. Wherever you go, we have been commissioned by Jesus to go, to make disciples that will not just try to bring you to church, but disciples that will extend the kingdom. Many people don't even understand what does it mean to extend the kingdom? What is the gospel of the kingdom, the king's domain, the, the rule and reign of Jesus coming into our lives and coming from heaven into the earth and being released through us? We get our why when we get the revelation of who Jesus saved us to be. He saved you and me not just to be forever miserable sinners saved by grace just waiting for God to come and rapture us out of here because the world's going to hell in a handbasket. He saved us to become powerful sons and daughters who know how to rule and reign in life through Christ Jesus. We've read that scripture before. I think it's Romans 5 something. You know, that those of us who are in Christ Jesus have been destined to rule and reign as kings. Rule and reign. So if you don't feel like you're a king, if you feel like you're pinned down like like Gulliver in that one slide I used to show all the time and recently did, or, or you feel like you're reigning life as a king. You know, that, that is the difference. That is what we want to help people get a revelation of who Jesus saved you to be. So here's that first passage. If you want to look in your own Bible, you can, but I have them up here. So we're going to look at Mark 16, a little bit of Ephesians 4, Romans 8, and then John 14, and then we'll call it good after that. You guys good with that? Amen, brother. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> So this is from Mark 16. As you go into all the world, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. And these miracle signs will accompany those who believe. Now here's where a lot of people get mixed, missed, missed, mixed, 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 mix
because this isn't what we're seeing. This is not our current experience necessarily. They will drive out demons in the power of my name. They will speak in tongues. They will be supernaturally protected from snakes, from COVID, and from drinking it. I shouldn't have said that. Now, this is no condemnation if you've ever gotten sick from COVID or anything else, okay? But this is the promise of God that we should lean into. So when sickness does get in your body, this is the type of scripture you need to speak out and declare over your life. They will be supernaturally protected from snakes and from drinking anything poisonous. And when they, when they lay hands on the sick, they will heal them. This is, this is the prototype. This is the, this is the DNA of what God has in his mind for each one of us in this room. Even if, if our kids, if the youngest of the youngest in the room got a revelation that they, God actually wants to release the power to heal somebody. And I'm not saying put your hand on someone who's got a little runny nose and then all of a sudden they feel their head cleared up. No, the person who's in the wheelchair who has a shriveled up wrist or fingers or whatever, you know, just imagine. Is that funny? I don't know. It shouldn't be funny, but that's how I taught my family, I guess. Okay, um, I'm joking. So, and we joke a lot in my house. To be able to, to see that that paraplegic or whatever is in front of you and to know that the power of God as you cooperate and have a relationship with the father and you hear his voice and he tells you what to do and you do his you obey his his voice and you do whatever he says whether it is lay hand on that person or speak to that person or whatever he might tell you to see the power of God released through your body through your your words and to see the heal to see the heal to see the healing happen, to see the, the blind eye open, to see the deaf ear pop open, to see or hear, as this young man's dad told me one time, witnessing through his own command, a broken bone snap into place. Freaked the dad out and the boy. God has done those things in the past. He will do it again in the future. And more, yes, and we're going to look at that scripture after we do Ephesians 4. So here's, I can't jump ahead. So this is Ephesians 4.11, and this is kind of a foundation of our church, that we would build ourselves on this reality. This is where, how we are a little bit different, because many churches don't really care about apostolic, prophetic giftings. But he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, or pastors, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Ha-ha. Pause there for a second. What do you see in most churches? Just the pastor, because that's the only gift that's usually recognized in most churches in the world or in this country. Just the pastors, and they do the ministry, because they were called to the ministry. They went to school for ministry. They went to Bible college. We're not in the ministry. We're just lay people. We just we show up at church. You know, we're just good, honest saints, and we try to live a clean life and show up at church you know, and, and shout an amen for the preacher, for the minister because he's the minister. But we want to tear down that mindset because that is an Old Testament mindset where the priest did all the ministry and the people relied on them to do it all. The New Testament pattern is that the wall of, of division has been broken down. The temple veil has been torn open. We all have fresh and free access to the presence of God. And we all, by, by becoming a Christian, have been ordained by God to be a minister. You are a priesthood a royal priesthood chosen by God, 
regal royal priests. So God gave those five gifts to the church, to the body of Christ, to equip us to do ministry. So we need apostles, we need prophets, we need apostles to help us to see apostolically, to see how, what, what really heaven has for us, like a blueprint. That's an apostle is kind of like an expert builder. They pull out the, roll out the blueprint for the building and they say, look, this is heaven's design and this is what we want to see implemented in this, this building, this grouping of, of human beings. Prophets, they hear the voice of God with a, a clarity and their job is to equip you and me to hear the voice of God and learn how to prophesy. Evangelists, they aren't supposed to do all of the evangelizing themselves. They are supposed to be releasing and equipping the church to have a heart of evangelism. Pastors should be giving or, uh, what's the word I'm looking for that we like? Imparting. A pastor should be imparting to the saints a heart to shepherd people, to go after people and care for them. Teachers, their gift would be to equip the body of Christ to be teachable and to teach. Paul said, by now, you should be teachers. Many of you should be teachers. So that's what the fivefold ministry of Ephesians 4.11 was for. It's to equip the saints, that's you and me, for works of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. And there's a word uh, highlighted, until. See, a lot of people would say, well, apostles and prophets, that's Old Testament. They died when the Bible was complete. You know, we don't need those gifts anymore. We just need pastors and teachers and evangelists. For some reason, they figured out that's what that says. But the Bible actually says that we need those gifts to equip us, the saints, to do ministry until the body of Christ, or for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, women. God is calling you, ladies and gentlemen, into mature manhood. What does that mean? It means to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. In other words, you're, you're designed in God's heartbeat through the Holy Spirit on you and in you is to make you more and more like Jesus. To take you from baby Jesus in the manger, messing in your diapers, to learning how to walk and take care of your own diapers, to growing up into maturity and learning about the inheritance of the house, to the master's provision, to walking like Jesus walked on the earth. Intimacy with the Father, seeing the kingdom of heaven released here on the earth. Demons flying out of people, shrieking, begging not to be sent into the abyss before their time. Then we will no longer be children. I was just talking about that, I guess. Tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, that's a good one for some of us to, to catch. Speak the truth in love, because when you speak out of love, you're really not carrying the heart of the Father. But when we have the heart of the Father and his love for his children who need to be built up, we speak the truth in love. We are growing, we're able to grow up in every way into him who is the head. See, God wants to grow us up into the head who is Jesus. Romans 8:19 says, I am convinced that any suffering we endure is less than nothing 
compared to the magnitude of the glory that is about to be unveiled within us. The entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. I love that verse because the way I memorized it or, or heard it in the New International Version was all creation waits for the sons and daughters of God to be made manifest. We are the sons and daughters of God. Most of us live a lot of our Christian lives or have lived like closet Christians. You know, occasionally we'll get this burst of enthusiasm and boldness and we'll tell someone about our faith. But most of the time we're like, oh, I don't want to be weird. I don't want to I don't want them to not, not like me, so I'll just kind of wiggle my faith in some way in the conversation. But the world is waiting for us to manifest. They want to see the real deal. They want to see the genuine Christians walking on the earth, in their workplace, in their schools, wherever, down the street, in the park. They want to see the real people manifesting Jesus. They don't want to just hear about miracles, signs, and wonders. They want to see a demonstration of the power of God, which should accompany us wherever we preach the gospel. It should. No condemnation if it's not, but we need to figure out why it's not happening, and we need to press in for the more of God so that we can walk in his supernatural power the way he intended us to. Uh, finally, John 14. That's the one you were talking about. I, you didn't talk about it. I was just reading your mind. No, we don't do mind reading, but we do discern. We can pick up on what other people... Anyway, John 14, 12 through 13. I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, this is Jesus speaking, believing in me will do the same mighty miracles that I do, even greater miracles than these, because I go to be with my Father, for I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask in my name. When you ask in my name. If, if you're doubting where you're at with Jesus and being able to ask him for things in his name, spend some time reading through John chapters, oh, I don't know, chapter 12, 13, 14, 15, maybe chapter 14 and 15. Jesus talks about abiding in the vine, abiding in him, how when we obey him, when we obey. See, there's something about obedience. When, when we disobey God, there is grace. That's good because we, we all make mistakes. We all have points of disobedience. We need his grace to pick us up, brush us off, and help us to walk forward. We grow in grace. God has give, given us a gift of grace to grow in. It's not a license to sin. It's not a license to stay in stuff. It's actually a, the, grace, the grace of God is the empowering gift of God to, to carry you into more of what he has for you. It is the empowering, uh, something I'm looking for here, but it's, it's God's empowerment for you to obey. His grace, the grace of God teaches us to say yes to the things of God and to say no to the things of the flesh or the sin, ungodliness. So, so grace is there for us to grow in. But as you read about that in, in John chapter 14 and 15, Jesus talks about, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And then you can ask me for whatever you, whatever you need or whatever you want, and I will do it for you. There's something about walking in intimacy and obedience to the voice of God, and then being able to be so close to his heartbeat that we can hear 
And we can know that whatever I'm going to ask for, it's already in his heart to do it before I ask. In fact, he may even do it before you ask, whatever that miracle is. So why don't we stand up? I need to stand up. Oh, I'm going to have to get some easy lift chairs for some of you. You just push the button. Okay, I'm up. So we're going to just close in prayer. I don't feel like there's anything else that we need to cover. I've got more stuff in this, and maybe next week we'll, we'll do the rest. Um, it's just about what the rest of what I have prepared is with the vision of what we are, our what and our why, it's just a little bit of a description of what we have in our hearts to, to see released in our, our city, our church, our lives. So we're going to pray, but I'm, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask Anna. I know you're like right there praying already. Would you pray us out? Like take your time if you want and just pray. Not in Spanish, although a little bit of that mixed in, you know, kind of like speaking tongues here and there, but, but pray so we can say yes and amen to everything you're saying. I know I'm putting you on the spot, but you're, you're, you're a Father God, we are so grateful and thankful that we get to learn from you every day, Lord Jesus, and that your Holy Spirit is with us at all times, Lord, and is here now. You are so grateful and merciful to our lives, Lord, and you understand everything that as humans we have to go through, Lord. We thank you so much for, for helping us and guiding us through everything that, that we allow you to learn. That you're always there to hear, to hear our hearts cry, Lord, and you understand us, and you just show your love to us, Lord. And I see that your hands wrap around our bodies, Lord, when we need your love and support, Lord Jesus. Even though it's hard to know that you're there and sometimes we forget that you're, you're actually there, Lord, thank you for showing us and, and giving us that. We feel you right away, Lord, when we give you the moment and the, and the time. And like Tammy was saying, like less than a minute when we just want to give you our dwellings and our, our thoughts that don't belong to you, Lord, and you're there to take it all, Lord. Thank you for being so understanding, Lord, with everybody, Lord. Your love is so kind and it's just something our brains can't really comprehend of how much you love us and how you love everybody, Lord, but you do. Thank you, Lord, for helping us every day, Lord. When we wake up and we, when we go to sleep and even in our, in our dreams, Lord, you're fighting that spiritual battle, Lord, protecting us. You send your angels to, to cover us and our homes and our kids, Lord. How can we ever thank you? We'll, we'll just be thankful for the rest of our lives, Lord, and just thanking you for everything, Lord. And you give us that strength and the power to move on and to speak to others. Thank you, Father God, for the kindness you showed while you were here, Lord, and that you had witnesses 
of all the miracles that you did, Lord. Thank you, Father God. And help us out through this week, Lord, that we can take that time, not as a, a must-do that we have to do, like a religious thing, Lord, but that we could just take that time to, to just be in your presence, Lord, and, and just sit next to you and know that you are there, Lord. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Amen.